Welcome to the Babble Bitches. On our next episode, we're real excited to have y'all back for uh, part two of the Knights Templar. This time we're going to be talking about myths, legends, and neo-fascists. But before we get there, I want to introduce my co-host, a one Laura Barclay, who you guys might remember, lives in Louisville, Kentucky, and is a Baptist minister, and uh, is a pretty sweet dude. Dudette? <laughs> Lady? <laughs> to think that dude is a gender neutral term so yeah yeah I'm dude and also i'd like to introduce another cool dude which is sarah hoff my co-host just keep holding things down out in la um saving lives working at a hospital um being an agnostic angel well i'm in the city of them yes you are not only in the city of angels you are an exemplary angel why thank you you are very welcome (laughs) what i keep telling my bosses i don't know why they won't give me another raise hey sarah's boss you haven't even you you all don't even know what she can do with breads she puts she puts butters and cheeses on them and makes them taste glorious (laughs) (laughs) as it turns out my my one skill is that i can pair the right butter and cheese which is all of the butters and all of the cheeses. You will ascend to heaven if you taste for <laughs> breads and cheeses. I promise you that. Like, listen, you're going to want this unsalted French butter to go yes. with this gorgonzola yes. cheese. Yes. It's gonna and be just delicious. take it. Take it whatever she, whatever she gives you, you take it. That's a rule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, There's just a hot tip. If you encounter Sarah Hoff and she wants to get, sell you her wares, <laughs> she doesn't even sell these wares. She just gives them to you freely from her kitchen. <laughs> then you take them <laughs> and you eat them. I, give them. I give them to you freely from places like Clark Street. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're good at like taking things from one restaurant and pairing them with another. And yeah. you're like, this is delicious. <laughs> like, ooh, this carbohydrate will go really well with this pure fat. Mm, mm. Mm. And delicious. she's always right. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. I'm very excited about this episode, Sarah, because we're taking a deeper dive into the Knights Templar. And so if you'll remember from part one, listeners, um, we talked a little bit about the history, um, how their rise, uh, creation and rise during the Crusades Um, And then their fall at the end of the Crusades, they kind of took the blame um, for the Muslims retaking the Holy Land. Um, And um, many were um, killed or scattered um, with their leader being, um, I think, burnt at the stake uh, uh, Friday the 13th in Paris in 1314. So the questions that we're asking this uh, time are going to be like, what did any survive um you know what are the legends surrounding the knights templar and how did some of them get co-opted by neo-fascists like the symbolism uh and things like that yeah so first question do the knights templar exist today do they sarah (laughs) well as i've already said i am one (laughs) i am i'm the only member left which is to say that no, the Knights Templar don't really exist today. Um, though 
the name Knight Templar has been kind of co-opted by a few different groups, right? So the longer answer is that after the Knights Templar was disbanded, not much remained. According to the Catholic Encyclopedia, only two remnants remained. The first was the Military Order of Christ, which was founded in 1319 under King Dennis Portugal. Is that King Dennis of Portugal? Oh, Portugal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I just didn't put an of in there. <laughs> king King Dennis of Portugal. The night the king was unwilling to go after the remnants of the Templar, unlike other nations. It's it's now a secular order in Portugal that seems akin to knighthood in the UK or the Presidential Medal of Freedom here in the United States. The second remnant was the Supreme Order of Christ, which is a rare honor given to Catholic heads of states. The last time this happened was in 1987, when Pope John Paul II awarded it to Fra Angelino, Angelo de Mohana. Mohanan. Mohanan? Anyways. Mohana, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. The, 77, the 77th Prince and Grand Master of the Sovereign Military Order of Malta. Under the passing of King Badoin of Belgium in 1993, there are currently no living members of the Order of Christ. So another question is, um, what, what's going on with the treasure of the Templars, right? So if you'll remember from last episode, they had all these treasures holed up in their various castles and forts. Well, according to uh, the Great Courses article, um, the myths that surround the Knights Templar by Richard Spence, PhD, there was potentially a lot of treasure the Templars were hoarding that never got discovered. One particular treasure that has been a point of interest is a gold glass or wooden idol of um, Baphomet, um, which has also been pronounced Baphomet in the United States because we just kind of see a thing and then pronounce everything in the United States. <laughs> um, so Baphomet, an idol they supposedly created and looked like either a woman or a cat or a bearded man. <laughs> Here's the issue that you have probably picked up on. That's a lot of very different materials and descriptions. And that was probably part uh, of the trumped up charges of idolatry to just wipe out the Templars. This probably never even existed. Okay, hear me out on this. Mm -hmm. There is a way that mm -hmm. this could be a bearded man or a cat or a woman. But made also out of like... I mean, it could be made out of... Wood and glass like all of those things like maybe like one side is like a gold cat and the other is a glass woman and then the other side of it is a bearded man oh 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 you're sweet i i was taking it to a much shirtier way oh, where it'd be like the vagina which is also a cat but could be bearded <laughs> <laughs> but could be bearded <laughs> right it's just like really coded language it's actually just like a it's like a it's like a very old sex toy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just like the very first um put like pussy pocket. Is that what they're called? Yes. <laughs> Founded by the Knights Templars in 1312, yes. the original. <laughs> yeah, and you can see why they would be like, wood is a mistake for this on account yes. of all the splinters. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That was the that was maybe the the like uh trial version. The, yeah and then they, they went like, to and then they went to glass and it was too heavy and so they settled on gold because you know 
so it's just Makes it's sense. just like it's just like the th- you know what is it the three little pigs what, what's the story where it was like oh it's just right the gold the bears the yeah the goldilocks the and the three bears yeah like i just merged all of the childhood like fairy tales into one this is how you know we haven't hung out with a child in ages because <laughs> we don't know stories like that <laughs> anyways okay so there are a few different places that are associated with the knights of the with the myths of the knights of the templars so um there are several places around the globe like associated with these myths the first is the Rosalind chapel in scotland which you may remember from the da vinci code by dan brown if you read it which like don't admit to that um and also it's completely a work of fiction it has nothing to do with any historical events so there you are it has nothing to do with the templars or the holy grail but if you're listening to this you probably already know that it has been rumored to have the grail the head of baphomet and also a secret meeting place uh, for the templars or the freemasons which caveat don't actually have anything to do with the templars but conspiracy theories love to like conflate them or like tie them together which you know i mean that's what conspiracy theorists do it's it's what makes them fun um anyways according to a smithsonian article that we'll discuss later in more depth um the association is due to scottish to a scottish freemason named andrew michael ramsey who wrote a pseudo history of masonry that claims to tie that claims ties to the medieval Templars. And so he's basically like writing fan fiction. Um, yeah. yeah, Templars and Freemasons. He's like, you know, we go back a long time. <laughs> yeah. So this, the second one I fully take issue with. Um, so the second one is in Nova Scotia. And this is actually like, I've heard of this one before. This is a really fun one. And it's the myth that the Templars came to North America a century before Columbus and like, tried to populate the area again a hundred years before Columbus and created an ancient set of underground shafts called the Oak Island Money Pit near Lunenburg. Treasure hunters for centuries have been looking there but found nothing conclusive and it's probably just a big old pit but some have claimed that the shafts were used as hiding places for the Templar's treasure because you guessed it or like you guessed it Baphomet's head. Now here's the issue that I take all of these other like names are all like very eloquent and like 1300 style and then we've got the oak island money pit (laughs) the money pit there's no way that somebody from the 1300s or the 1700s or whatever columbus came was it 17 oh oh uh what is it oh 1492 1492 yeah i'm terrible at history yeah there's no way that somebody in 1392 was like i i've heard the phrase money pit (laughs) and if they had they would call it something they would use the latin term for money pit they would be like uh the the base of the head of baphomet or something (laughs) i think i think it's been given like a lot of names and that's just like the most recent but like it also doesn't make any sense because it's literally it literally is just like a pit and people keep finding things in the pit, but it's probably just because like 
it's on an island and like shit washes up in there and then goes down. So it's just kind of like a, like a butthole for the ocean, you know? <laughs> when, not, not for anything Templar related. One day I just, I actually just realized a new aspiration for me. That is like, if I'm old and wealthy, I would like to just buy like really random old expensive shit and throw it in a pit and wait for people <laughs> to like find it and try to figure out what the deal is. <laughs> Are you actually the old lady from the end of Titanic where she like throws the heart of the ocean in the sea? You're like that, but over a pit and just like, yeah. laughing, just like laughing maniacally. Yeah. And then I go to the pub later and I'm like, Hey guys, I heard this crazy rumor. <laughs> You're like, you're like trying to start up a myth to see like how many adventures. Are you going to put booby traps in, in the pit? Oh, of course. Yeah. And basically good. it's just basically going to be like Goonie rules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. But yeah. like Goonies, like mix in some like Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's got to be some blow darts, you know? Yeah. But nothing, but there'll be like nerf blow darts. Mm. Yeah. We don't want anybody to die. We just want them to kind of jump a little. Yeah. 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 And then, oh, but we got to have the big boulder, but it's just paid, made of paper mache. Also, why isn't this an actual, like, immersive experience somewhere? <laughs> I don't know, and I'm kind of upset about it right now. <laughs> I would Very totally upset. do this. I would, 100, that sounds so fun. I would do this. <laughs> Me too. Me too. That sounds, that's like, that's where, um, like, these, uh, like, what is that what are they the escape rooms that's where that's the direction that the escape room should go agreed immersive experiences into like your 80s fantasy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah oh man we that needs to happen yeah we need to find a wealthy okay anyways yeah if you're wealthy contact us (laughs) (laughs) we have have a a really like shoddily thought out plan (laughs) to make some money so we'll put it in a briefcase and we'll act professional when we present. Actually, we won't act professional, but we will present it to you. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to wear a blazer with like really huge shoulder pads. So you'll know I'm a serious professional. <laughs> My blazer will be three times the size of yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be like an actual triangle that goes all the way down to your feet. <laughs> yes. Like a weird ass dress. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I'm I'm just gonna shuffle it and be like have we got a deal for you (laughs) I love it I love it that's so avant-garde that's exactly the kind like the benefactor that we're looking for would absolutely respond positively to that it would be like these ladies are geniuses (laughs) take my money (laughs) okay anyways back back to the Templars but for real if you're like I'm kind of over the uh, the escape room, and I really want to punch it up. Just get contact us. Yeah, we've got we some ideas. Yeah. Finally, the old stone mill in New England is another supposed Templar site. At this location, there are some carvings that many claim are symbols of masons. Um, some also think that these could be inscriptions from the Portuguese Order of Christ, which you'll remember was the Templars' new name in Portugal when they were secularized. But again, nothing conclusive. So 
we've got we've got nothing really conclusive on them still existing. Um, on to unfortunately neo fascists. So we all know how white supremacists like to take old symbols and appropriate them, which is why Sarah and I can't play the circle game in public because the okay hand symbol is apparently now a signal for white supremacists. How am I going to punch you in public, Sarah? <laughs> I mean, we, we don't have, we don't have, we're just, we're basically siblings at this point. So there's no need to prompt. I'm just going to hit you when I feel like it good, or when good. I see a beetle. Good. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, I saved you from a mosquito. <laughs> oh, no, no. Like punch buggy. Oh, yeah. Oh, punch buggy. Yes. Punch buggy. No, no punch bags. <laughs> yeah. But also the bug. Also the bug. Also the bug. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, so according to the National Geographic, um, Norwegian far right terrorist and white supremacist Anders Breivik who killed 77 people um, between detonating both a van bomb and then committing a mass shooting at a summer camp a while back, claimed to be part of a revived International Templar cell. He claimed he got together with others in London to revive the order in order to fight Muslims in Europe, essentially bringing an ancient holy war back to life. And there is also uh, a Mexican drug cartel called the Los Caballeros Templarios. So we we're kind of seeing like different people appropriating this for um, not good reasons, right? And psychologically, this is all super dangerous, um, violent, all or nothing thinking. But if you, uh, you know, think you're on the side of absolute right, then you might find yourself justified in doing terrible things in the name of your order, your religion, or your code. Um, so, I think it's best to leave the Templars in the past, right? But unfortunately, Americans, some Americans might actually disagree with this. So actually, fun fact about the Los Caballeros Templarios, mm -hmm. they, they were active for a while, but then they got, um, they got bought out in Mexico, oh. but in cartel language, which basically means that they were like, everyone was murdered murdered probably or absorbed into another cartel yeah, yeah or absorbed into yeah but they actually had a pretty cool kind of like code of ethics that was all about like um you know do no violence to citizens that kind of thing like give back to the community like it was kind of cool but they weren't active for very very long hmm. um they weren't ruthless enough <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of the subtext that i that i read into it um anyways in, so in America, there has been in recent, in more recent years, I guess, a, uh, a revitalization of this, this ideology, but basically just the name because it's not really the ideology. So in the Smithsonian article, Meet the Americans Following in the Footsteps of the Knights Templar by Dan Jones, there is an organization called the Sovereign Military Order of the Temple of Jerusalem. They are a charitable organization and regard themselves as the spiritual descendants of the original Templars. Me too. They initiate knights and dames in rituals. <laughs> I'm a knight though. I'm not a dame. I'm, or I'm both. I'm going to be both. They initiate knights and dames in rituals and are history nerds that have published a history of the Templars. They view their sort of like cosplay and charity as a participation in a living metaphor for evangelical Christian advocacy, financial expertise, internationalism, and a military militaristic ethos of duty and service to the cause. 
one member states, the only thing we don't do is fight. I um, I'm going to be on the like liberal spectrum of this because I'm not a big fan of evangelical Christian advocacy. Um, But I do like some financial expertise, um, (laughs) depending on how it's spent. Um, Anyways, the group was founded in the 1960s under the umbrella of an older international network of Templar revitalists, revivalists called Ordo Supremus Militaris Templi Hero Solmatani. Hero (laughs) Solmatani. I looked that up. I'm pretty sure I pronounced it correctly. That's actually super impressive. I feel like they're just adding on more words. Just <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're just like, how many more vowels can we just add into this? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like the it's like the old school version of the like uh, what is it socio historical context or something like that, where they just add on a lot of prefixes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so the order Ordo Supremus Militaris Templi. Hero Solomitani, which itself formerly recognized, was formerly recognized by Napoleon Bonaparte in 1805. Now, worldwide, it has 5,000 members, 100, uh, 1,500 of, w- of whom are knights and dames of the American SMOTJ, which is the Sovereign Military Order of the Temple of Jerusalem. There are 33 American priories uh, from Arizona to Wisconsin, and they use a closed membership smartphone app for communication. And for charity, it funds Christian schools in the Holy Land and is involved in international relations um, through government and charitable donations with the goal of being restored as the Knights Templar in the Vatican, which seems wild because it doesn't sound like they have any clear Catholic affiliation right it seems very sort of loosey-goosey also like I would encourage you uh, well can we put show like all these links in the like podcast yeah Um, yeah so y'all will be able to like read these I strongly recommend reading this particular article because it sort of shows how different people attending even just this one um priory have different motivations for this because uh, there was like some of them that were talking about partnerships with Muslims. And then one was like, yeah, I don't like that. You know, it's just all over the place. And so what's the motivation here? And it seems like some people might be doing this for more white supremacist reasons. This is, this is, and I'm totally speculating at this point. Um, Maybe subconsciously racist reasons and some might just be like I really like the idea of cosplaying and like doing some charity alongside of it like it, it this could range anywhere from innocent to like nefarious and so it's just kind of fascinating the more this guy interviews different people how their reasons for doing this can be vast and varied I mean that's kind of the deal right like it's it's like a really intriguing myth that's been around for so long and has so much, um, so much sort of like social clout and rumors around it. And it's been used in so many different, um, different kinds of media that are always in like really fun kind of mysterious ways, you know, Mm -hmm. 
that it makes a lot of sense that um, people will be drawn to it uh, because, you know, the, it's the, the myth around it is almost certainly much more interesting than any facts that can be dug up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, in my view, it's pretty cut and dried, but the idea that it's still somehow stuck around because of some dude writing a pseudo history connecting it to the Freemasons, you know, it's people like conspiracy theories. They like the idea that they can be a part of something. We're seeing that with, you know, QAnon more recently, yeah. that people like to think that they're in on something. Um, even if there's no basis for belief in it and nothing contributing to that. Um, so people, you know, I, this is not my brand of cosplay. I certainly do love a, I love to dress up. I love, I love a superhero dress up. Um, but this is, this is, you know, the, the historical cosplay is a little strange to me. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to judge it. It's, it's, uh, it's its own thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely what's going on there. You know, there's some people who could do this for reasons that are not great because again, its origins were in the crusade, right? It's, it's, it's origins were in a holy war. That's something that uh, I think those of us who have you know, been cognizant of post 9-11 and living through this era, not not too fond of. I don't like the idea of a holy war. It's not, not appealing yeah, to me out. in any way. <laughs> turns out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also like there, there are like all these kind of strange, like, you know, Knights Templar is has been kind of like co-opted or not maybe not co-opted, but just is like associated with the Freemasons, which are also associated with a lot of like political power in the United States and um and like secretive rituals like uh like skull and bones and like bohemian grove and things like that which all have like really outlandish wild rumors associated with them and so it's kind of like scandalous and mysterious and like this kind of like you want to kind of rubberneck at it and be like, what's actually going on over there? When in reality, it's probably just like a bunch of old white dudes, like fucking just drinking scotch and smoking cigars. <laughs> you know? And maybe having some prostitutes over. Probably like, having some prostitutes. Sex workers, I should say. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sex workers. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I get it. I, I totally get why this one's appealing, especially, you know, everybody, you know, we can all admit we all read, the Da Vinci Code. Um, it is total BS. You know, it's just, it's a good story. It's, it's, a, no, let me, it's a mediocre story. It's, it's okay. You Did know? you really read it? I, yeah, for sure. Oh, I, I, I mean, like, it. if everybody, if everybody's hopping on the bandwagon of reading something, I generally try to read it just to see what's up. And so I totally did read it back when it came out and I, and I saw the movie. Um, I just felt like it was very, uh it was it was written to be sort of titillating and and have a it was like a pseudo history you know yeah. like what if you know the whole point of that book was what if there is this whole cover-up and the holy grail is actually the bloodline of jesus and mary magdalene and like so what even if that were true i just i so what <laughs> like i yeah. don't i i I don't put in a lot of stock into bloodlines, so I don't 
I don't know. I, I, so what? <laughs> I guess that's just, I mean, yeah, it would yeah. certainly change some things. Like if, uh, you know, if Jesus had sex. Depending on your the- theology. I mean, it wouldn't change yeah. mine. Uh, I would be like, okay, like it really wouldn't be earth shattering to me if I, I, again, how would we, how would we know factually that we have Jesus DNA yeah. And then we could, but like, let's, let's, let's say that somehow we obtained Jesus' DNA and found, you know, put it into, you know, ancestry and found Jesus' descendants. I would be like, cool. I would be way more interested in interviewing those people into their reactions, finding out that they were related to Jesus than anything else. Like that's really, it just wouldn't change my theology at all. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Wouldn't change but, mine either. On account of I don't have one. <laughs> All right. Like, I've <laughs> got a very low Christology. You know, I'm like, Jesus set an example. Cool. Like, that's, yeah. that's where I'm at. So I, it doesn't really rock my world. I'm sure that there are many people whose world it would rock. That also would interest me to kind of, I don't know see if people would believe it not believe it you know deny it yeah how they would i i guess i'm more interested in people's reactions to that than i am uh, i don't i wouldn't really have much of a reaction sure 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 sure. all right well um this concludes the the knight's templar (laughs) thank you everyone for listening yes and uh at us if you have reactions or personal stories with Knights Templar who may still be among us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or at least cosplaying among us. <laughs> yes. Um, you can at us um, on Twitter at Bible Bitches um, or on Instagram at Bible Bitches Podcast. Yep. Um, also, you can check out our website, BibleBitchesPodcast.com. And um, big shout out. Oh, and also like, you know, you can listen to us on, a, on our website or on Spotify, um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. just Stitcher, um, probably more than I'm not thinking of. And um, of course, big shout out and thanks to Yo Eves for doing our intro and outro music. Um, she's always amazing. Yes. And um, if you want to contribute and be an honorary bubble bitch, um, go on our website and donate to our Patreon account and you'll get access to some really cool behind the scenes stuff. Yep. Awesome. All right. Thanks everyone. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.